0: Nicole Burdett, President of Southern California Landing Housing at Brookfield Properties, shares her leadership journey from being the receptionist to being the president in this power-packed episode of Power Presence Academy, Practical Wisdom for Women Leaders. Nicole talks to me about the importance of self-awareness as a leader and how that's helped her tremendously. She talks about her recurring bouts with imposter feelings and how she handles them. And she offers just this sage advice to all women leaders from her lessons learned so far and what she's continuing to learn. I'm Janet Ioli, and you're listening to Power Presence Academy. Wise words from wise women leaders. If you're looking for leadership mentoring, advice, or just a dose of inspiration, I've got you covered. You'll get leadership tips, and you'll hear from women executives at the top of their game as they share their lessons of experience with you. This is is your go-to place for all things women and leadership. It doesn't have to be lonely at the top. Let's go. I'm thrilled to have with me as my guest today, Nicole Burdett. So Nicole, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Janet. I'm really looking forward to our chat today. So I want to start out, um, as I usually do, by hearing a little bit about your leadership journey. I, I know we all have a story, so can you share a little bit about your leadership story and how you got to be where you are today? Sure. I've been
1: at Brookfield since 2000, and I actually started as the receptionist. I graduated college and had no idea what I wanted to do. And so I started here at Brookfield uh, as a receptionist, really fell in love with the company and the culture, uh, worked across many different facets of our business before coming into this role. So really what I I would say... about my journey from receptionist to this role is it was not was not vertical. I had a lot of stops along the way uh, that grew the breadth of my uh, experience and understanding of our business, and and really fell in love with our business along the way.
0: Talk to me a little bit about what you learned as you went along this journey, because obviously there's a lot of learning, and you're now you're you know at one of the top roles in the company, right?
1: Some of my big takeaways for myself, and I think things like this are really great because it forces you to reflect mm-hmm. and it forces you to try and help pass on your your journey with others because they can learn from that as well. So what I have really learned is there's no clear straight path, but I do know that it starts with working on yourself and a little bit of that is, is being really self-aware, not being hard on yourself, but understanding uh, what things might get in your way from leading others. And, and leading is really about others. And it's really about uh, finding joy in others' success. And so I think starting on working on, your, on yourself is one of the things that I would say is a lesson learned for me. I, I also focused on and in looking back, you know being intentional on building from each experience. and I think it's important to look at experiences as just that, not positive or negative per se, but but really what what can you take from the experience to help you help others in the future? One thing that I also think helped me along this path and what I've learned is getting comfortable with being vulnerable is, is really important. I think many people, especially high performers, are really focused on perfection and their outward view, how others view them. And I think it's really, for me, it was really important and, and that was something that I struggled with is wanting everything to be perfect. And that's not reality. Getting comfortable uh, and, and that's not really what people want from a leader, right? They 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 want to be able to to connect on on how they're the same. And so by being vulnerable that gives that opportunity. And we didn't get into my full story, but I think there is a piece that's really part of my journey that is a takeaway that that will help others and and it's really recognizing what is not a good fit for you. Sometimes we we get asked the question, what do you want to do? What do you aspire to do? And really that can be difficult to have others help you along the way but talking about what's not a good fit or what are the parts of your role that don't bring you the most joy. We all do things every day that are, you know, some are the the highest parts of our day and some are the lowest, but really understanding that where you want to go and where you want to build is on the parts that bring the joy. And we can all always sustain a, a portion of the mundane or the redundant, right? Yeah. So, I had a conversation early on in my career at Brookfield with my manager at the time. And she was in marketing and I was working as a uh, marketing administrator. And we were chatting and, you know, I think at that point, my work ethic had really shown through. But what we chatted about was, gosh, marketing doesn't seem like your second nature for you or doesn't seem like that's your fit. What was... What was one of your favorite classes in college? And and we start talking through that. And I start talking about how I really enjoyed statistics. And, you know, it was like a, a light bulb went off for for her. And she's like, okay, well let's find like let's find a role when there's a business need, let's find a role for you that maybe expands on that because marketing is not necessarily, and by marketing in our industry, in home building at the time, it was very much about um, model merchandising and design, which isn't the the first part of my brain that works well. (laughs) So so I think (laughs) taking away and being open to, hey, what's not a good fit, that's okay. Like just keep exploring. I think, you know, I said it a little bit earlier, but um, make everyone around you better. Like that is really what leadership is. And so it's got to be less about you and more about uh, everyone else. And that really was a a big tipping point for me. Through school, there's a lot of personal achievements, right? And so it was a, a mind shift that gosh, life got so much more fun when I flipped that because there's so much more when you're invested in others and their success than when it's just about you. Overall, I would say, you know, positions and titles do not bring joy. So that is, that is not it. The title is not what's going to make you happy at the end of the day. And, and if it is, you know, you're probably gonna to struggle to lead others. So I would kind of sum it up as, you know, work ethic, work on yourself and and be vulnerable.
0: Wow. There are so many pearls in what you just said, right? So many pearls of wisdom. I I, I don't even know which one to grab onto. One of the things that seems to be a theme as you talk is this whole notion of self-awareness. And you know, we talk about that when, I mean, I, I teach leadership and I coach people and that's the, one of the first things we tra- talk about is, you know, becoming more self-aware, et cetera. But how do you, how did you do that? I mean, how do you become more self-aware? Because again, like you said, we are socialized in an achievement culture, right? And mm-hmm. it's about what I do, what I do instead of pausing and who am I being while I'm mm-hmm. doing these things, right? And so that's part of the self-awareness you're talking about. Can you talk a little I- more about that?
1: sure so i think and i i don't want to get too deep but i think that we all have life experiences that that shape us right and so for me i think a turning point of of being more self-aware and being more comfortable being self-aware because being self-aware means you are acknowledging you know the not just the highs of yourself but also the areas that you need to work on and and so i think for me, I had a kind of a life uh, experience that took me to seek out therapy, and through that, I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about some of those life experiences up to that point in my, you know, early twenties that could be affecting how I feel about myself and how I'm able to lead others or how I'm able to work through different situations. And so for me, that was really uncovering getting comfortable with the parts that aren't as fun and positive, but to understand those and to get comfortable with them and know that I think that's when I truly started understanding that life's a journey and it is not perfect. And that's okay. It's much better for it to be real and to acknowledge things than hold on to them. No, I love that you share
0: that, Nicole, and thank you for sharing that because I do think that, you know, this is a struggle for many leaders in general, right? And people in general, not just leaders, but, you know, and women, especially women, right? Who that are, have this notion of perfection, And you mentioned that a lot. You mentioned that. And and I hear that so much is that, you know, I've got to be perfect. I've got to be, I've got to prove my worthiness. I have to be on my game all the time. I can't make a mistake. And so that comes out. It's me, me, me. It's all about me. (laughs) And so, again, as you say, there's a piece of, it doesn't leave enough space for other people. Mm -hmm. And really leading is about bringing out the best in others. And so acknowledging some of your own blind spots or liabilities mm-hmm. is a big piece of that. So I really thank you for I mean, that could be a whole conversation. That could be a whole conversation. Yeah. But I'd say
1: that yeah. probably experience um, helped me when I was given the opportunity to um, through through Brookfield to meet with a career coach. Mm-hmm. That experience of exploring exploring myself through that period in personal therapy really helped me Understand, you know, some of the things that might block me from growing my influence on our business.
0: So, yeah, I mean, and and I think that's that's the thing is we're all a work in progress, right? And you can be a president. I mean, I work with people at the highest levels, and it's it's whenever you stop learning or stop getting feedback, um, there's a problem <laughs> <laughs> because none of us are ever going to get to this you know this place of You know, I'm here, here I am. I'm so perfect. I don't need any any things. Now, let me shift gears for a second, because I know, you know, we have limited time. Mm -hmm. I deal with this a lot because I, I work with a lot of women executives and I hear about this, but I've also read a lot about this and I study this, is the there was a 2020 report that came out just recently by KPMG, and it was from their Women's Leadership Summit. And they found, you know, they did these interviews with all these women executives and they found that 75% of female executives have experienced what is known as the imposter syndrome. And, you know, at some point in their careers, and really imposter syndrome, to make it kind of simple, it manifests as feeling either unworthy or having feelings like I'm a fraud, and, you know, I don't belong in this position or just extreme self doubt, inadequacy, et cetera. And there's different degrees of it right but can you talk a little bit about any experiences of self doubt you've had over the years obviously going through all this, of, and how you overcome that this
1: is a huge <laughs> one for me so i don't necessarily i don't have the the gender um obstacle that i've had to overcome here but the imposter syndrome it has just been a huge part of my my story and my work on myself so I was so relieved. Uh, I think it was probably in 2008, 2009, someone recommended a book to me. I can't even remember which one it was. I read this and I was so relieved when I realized how normal this feeling was.
0: And <laughs> I know we all are. Women. I was always, like, oh my gosh, like, oh my goodness. It's not just me. Right? I had no
1: idea. And I had no idea how much stress it was really causing me. And I think it creeps back in all the time for me. Sometimes an opportunity comes across or we're working on a deal and I'm like, I am not qualified to be doing this. Like, why am I in this seat? And those Thoughts. I don't know that they'll ever go away, but I think what's helped me the most is is acknowledging and understanding that this is a real thing, and reading about, you know, what it really comes from, and, and understanding that, as well as talking to other people about it. So, I think I've been so fortunate to have such supportive leaders in a trusting organization that I know in my heart that I wouldn't be put in a place where I was not set up to succeed or I was not able to do something. And so that's a big part of it for me of of my self-talk, right, is I would not be sitting here if someone did not believe that I was able to do this. And so trying to gain a little bit of perspective there, remind myself that others are, are, you know, that this is a normal reaction and Let's talk about some points and try to focus on whatever that instance of imposter syndrome is, focus on some points for myself that say, no, these are experiences that really set you up for this challenge. And so that, and then I look at it on the flip side, it also keeps you moving forward too, right? So if you're ever comfortable and you're not feeling that, it's like, are you growing? And are you? And for me, that's that's a big part of what motivates me is just the growth of challenging myself. I've I've kind of flipped that imposter syndrome to say, if I'm not having it, am I really getting into uncomfortable situations?
0: It's it's interesting. I mean, I could talk to you all day long about this topic. I've been doing a lot of research on it. You know, it's a it's a big topic. I run into it all the time men and women, uh, but especially with women executives. And so, you know, this is a, that's a conversation by itself, <laughs> right? The imposter syndrome, because there's so much, but I, I will say there's something there that you talked about and you talked about it earlier too. And, it, you know, and just making the connection that being uncomfortable and feeling okay with being uncomfortable. You know, you talked about that earlier. But that's a big piece of the imposter syndrome is when you're out of your comfort zone, you know, I'm not perfect, I'm learning, et cetera. And learning to sit in that space. And I love mm-hmm. the way you kind of describe that is, that, you know, just learning to sit there and, yep. and be there. So yeah. It's Another conversation. Know. But you a, know, great a advice. Yeah, I love it.
1: I think today it's it has much more visibility, right? So yeah. that's great you know, with the the aid, with the access that we have to so many more podcasts and chats like this uh, that weren't really prevalent back when I started having that. Uh, symptom i'll call it
0: yeah exactly but the other thing about that is you know the like you talked about the access what's happened is it's become more normalized mm-hmm. so it's not just me because i think mm-hmm. when we sit with those feelings it's i'm the only one feeling this way and mm-hmm. when you see other people it's like oh wow okay so it normalizes it a little bit so as we close right because we could be talking about these I things i mean there's so, that's it's so rich it's so fun. and i and so you know fun. and i i know they're just like little tiny sound bites, but what parting words of wisdom would you give to women who are trying to find their own leadership voice?
1: So this is, I love this. And someone on our team actually challenged me. You should come up with your top 10 words of wisdom. I've been working on it. I'm (laughs) not there yet. I don't like it yet, but I think I have a few and I think it's so important to be flexible in the opportunities that are presented to you. Uh, work ethic is not debatable, something I said earlier. Be sure you're having fun. Um, titles are meaningless if you don't love going to work every day. And trust your gut. I mean, there's a lot of things that we have to make decisions that aren't fully informed. And I have learned that my gut does not let me down. In even if it's not the right call, it was the right call at the time. And so we can learn from that. And then make sure you care. If you don't care, it's going to be really, really hard to uh, have a voice because that will show through.
0: Such words of wisdom from a wise woman. Thank you so much for doing uh, You're this welcome. Today. My, my pleasure. so many pieces of wisdom in here you know, to peel back. So I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you, Janet. Appreciate your time.
0: Thanks for listening. And always remember this, every single moment, you have a choice in what you say, what you do, and how you make people feel. Pause and make those choices wisely and intentionally, because every single moment, those choices are who you become as a leader. See you next time.